0: You're good. You're mellow. Yeah, I'm fine. One, so One third of a clonopin is like all my brain ever needs to be like, all right, relax the shoulder muscles. Yeah. And then I realize how incredibly tight my neck and shoulder muscles were. Yeah. And 10 minutes after taking a tiny bit of clonopin I just go like, oh. That's a better. Yeah. I don't, know why, I don't know why all of my mood-related um, observations are in a, sh- a shitty fake Italian accent, but uh, yeah. here we are. It's it's a, a passive wisdom, being
1: Italian. <laughs> it's a me, a <laughs> it's mindfulness. A, it's a mindfulness.
0: <laughs> I mess with Chris all the time because... She's Italian, and so I do do this character that's just, like, incredibly, incredibly ignorant about Italian culture, and, like, is Mario... It's, like, halfway between Super Mario and then just, like, a weird Giuseppe stereotype from, like,
1: 1878. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. It's... It's so great. And that's, I, all of these jokes, stereotype things make me think of, like, the unified, um, old new world New York, like, where Jews and Irish and Italians got along and, like, just beat the shit out of each other in a joking <laughs> friendship way,
0: like... <laughs> uh, uh, yeah... Like, like the Marx Marx Brothers vaudeville, New York. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There there, there was not a war going on. People people were just a, a regular low level of starving, but yeah. it was it was <laughs> it was a charming kind of starving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, that may or that may coincidentally play into the subject of today's episode. Oh so my. Yeah. Find out. I didn't drag you there at all. That was completely oh, coincidental. No, that yeah. You that you that you brought up um, weird New York, uh, early, early old world New York stuff.
1: Yeah, old New York,
0: old new <laughs> new old New York, um, old New Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, where? Did I stick the script for the show? Uh, okay, I stuck it mm-hmm. in the I stuck it in the cloud, so that's convenient. Um, all right, so let's t- do the damn show. All right. Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me, when he's not sitting on the chests of borders in his low-rent tenement house in order to sell those corpses to the local doctor, is Gavin.
1: <laughs> and this weirdo with me, screaming into the void is Hess.
0: Hello, v- hello, void... My only friend, it's me. I think I've said Paul's, that one before. Paul Simon's pituitary gland. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there, if uh, of all of the things that I could could keep track of that we've done for this show, yeah. that is too far in the weeds. I know. Uh, I to know. know whether we've said screaming into the void. That's gonna. That's it's, on you.
1: We need like an ultra fan or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, j- jarf. Uh, jarf. Jarf needs to record all of the stuff that we do. <laughs> yeah. I can basically handle the actual topic episodes that we've done, and that's about it. That's yeah, about all that I can record. I
1: can't keep track of anything.
0: uh And we are here to, as we <laughs> always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from uh, mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming. From the console and the tabletop and beyond, on a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop, unknown to the other presenter, and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers at home. Quick reminder: the Instagram is at Ubisoft Monsters. Go see some monsters it's and wild the time. weird, weird uh, visuals that we referenced there. Um, um, b- uh, so this is a me episode, yeah. uh, this one. So what can you give us from the world of vocabulary, Gavin?
2: Villainous vocabulary.
0: Well, I'm going to do this one and
1: it seems like maybe not very obscure, but apparently it is because okay. I've used it a couple of times recently and nobody had any clue what I was saying. And the word is cacophony. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, that's a
0: it's a it's not a it's not a really weird one. Okay, uh, I do. Uh, I know cacophony.
2: Yeah,
0: actually, the Morgantown the Morgantown High School um like uh, Morgantown High School has this um, arts basically like a zine. I think they still do it. Yeah. It's called cacophony, which my um my old art teacher she used to observe was like a terrible thing to name an arts zine because yeah. a cacophony is. Um, oh. Intentionally, a harsh, harsh miserable sound.
1: mixture of sounds.
0: Yeah. yeah, but I mean, for a high for a high school arts pamphlet, it's it may not be um, good PR, but it is accurate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at all this shit all these sixteen year olds made. <laughs> oh my god! It's, 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 yeah, it's somebody kicked a kicked a um, grand piano full of <laughs> sousaphones down a <laughs> flight of stairs. <laughs> 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 all, all
1: of this. Unfocused kind of talent.
0: <laughs> yeah, C- cacophony. Uh, I'm a big fan of the word cacophony because yeah. it, there there are not a lot of things that um, describe it a particularly awful and negative sound. But life is full of cacophony. Yeah,
1: yeah. The 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 entirety of the nighttime here is there's so many critters and like the highway is close. And the like from the between the truck brakes and the frogs and the geese and the owls and the screech owls and everything like you would think midnight would be quiet. It absolutely isn't. It is a cacophony. It's louder than noon. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, you're living a you're living a Jim Henson uh, Muppetarium like yeah. ju- j- slow slow motion jug band tour through the the quiet quiet fearful sounds of all of the non monsters creeping around your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I well I yeah well I find I find the deep country to be um, upsettingly. Quiet, <laughs> Jen, yeah. you, you do have the, a couple of big roads there with yeah. some white noise. I, I live
1: next to a, a well critter populated creek n- next to a pond, which is like a different kind of environment. But they're they're both like really close to to each other. So creek monsters, pond monsters, field monsters and highway monsters All mix into this valley where the sound just tunnels through straight towards my porch. (laughs) I kind of like
0: it. Creek monsters. Which is Um, why whenever that thing
1: happens, whenever I go out there and there's no noise at all, that's why it creeps me out. Because there's always noise.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, before we fall off the edge of the video game into the unrendered nightmare yeah, space we, we uh, know, that reveals no the, clipping uh, into simulation around us, let's let me explain the uh, the orientation of our topic today. Um, this one is going to be this one is a uh, it's not Robocop two. Okay. I'm going to say it's going to be a little bit. You're gonna get some, I'm gonna say it's gonna be fairly easy at some point to get kind of what it is. All right. But I'm gonna be taking a very specific sub-slice of a very big topic. All right. So that's gonna be one of your hints. So this is not the whole topic, this is a very small piece of it. Okay. All right. Imagine, if you will, the year is 1910. The American economy is gaining steam as a major powerhouse, having stabilized from the misery of reconstruction from the Civil War. New York City is packing in new tenants both from the interior of the country and across the oceans looking for new life. You're one of those people, an Ohio State-born actor from small town Steubensville who (laughs) has established himself on Broadway and beyond. You're not a star, but you fare pretty well. Recently, however, you joined up with a group that uses technology to tell stories, produced by America's wizard T.A. Edison, the father of light. And he has a new studio, not half a day's horse ride out to New Jersey, but right in your own backyard in the Bronx, where they churn out hundreds of shorts and feature length kinetoscope pieces a year. You're quickly brought on in a hurried, disoriented process that's more of a handshake and a wink than a f- the formal contracts and arrangements you're used to in the theater. These people mean business, and after a quick meeting you were asked about a project, a piece with queer, gothic origins from 90 or so years ago, of grotesque but quite profound literature. And if you have any ideas of how to achieve the very specific visual effect that will be necessary to portray the title character. Do you have skills with makeup? The director asks you. Can you imagine being a man that is not quite a man? But a new and frightening thing—a creation of uninhibited human this is ambition. Really weird, but
1: yeah, because mm-hmm. it might be really related to the monster I was bringing. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> okay. Do you well? So, um, do you have any guesses based off of the the roundabout context that I'm giving you? Is it a Frankenstein? It is a Frankenstein. Yeah. Is it a mechano- You're not doing Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, it is not a mechano Frankenstein. Okay. Are you also going to be doing a, a Frankenstein on yeah. the next episode? <laughs> yeah. We have a. I was going to say we
1: Frankenstein. Yeah.
0: Okay, but it is a. It is specifically a capital F Frankenstein of some kind. Yeah. Okay, then we have our first daily double. Um, yeah. Uh, in, insert weird music here. So. Yeah! 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 <laughs> we'll have to find out. We're going to have a du- double, double Frankenstein's. Yeah. On today, Weird. today's topic is 1910s. Thomas Edison's Frankenstein. Okay. Um, the <laughs> uh, the 15 minute short film that was lost to history. It was thought for a very long time uh, until a uh, until a guy found it in his collection in the 1970s. So, um, <laughs> have have you ever seen the 1910 short Frankenstein? No, Kevin by no, Thomas Edison. Didn't even know it happened. Well, it's fucking weird. <laughs> um, and what we're gonna what we're gonna do here is uh, if you will indulge me is actually take a break to actually just watch the short Frankenstein. Okay. Um, mostly you doing it because it yeah. is, uh, it's not a rocking rollicking riveting um, yeah. ride with your family uh, and Vin Diesel. So, yeah. uh, I mean you could, so I I've, I've got it up already. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to let the recording roll. All right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Frankenstein departs for college. Uh Aha! I've found the mystery of life. It's a backwards.
0: Oh, are you watching the monster creation? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it was mind-fucking-blowing at the time. I bet. Yeah, it's it's not bad for what it is. It is pretty fucking fucked up looking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I bet that scared the shit out of (laughs) me in 1910. Like, how the hell is it assembling itself? Whoa! Oh,
0: did, did the dude actually come out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the dude actually... <laughs> One of the great things is, like, it, in in early silent movies, really 90% what what you could do is just, like, go, oh, no, and recoil and faint. Like, recoiling and what fainting fuck? is, like, 90% of, like, what you could do in these movies. Yeah,
1: I got a bodybuilding commercial in the middle because YouTube sucks now. <laughs> it's blue now.
0: Yeah, the the, um... So the coloring was actually indigenous to the film when they found it that the film yeah. yeah that um it was common at the time to use heavy color tinting either just symbolically or for just for um amusement's sake or just to, like as a gag or to signify um and we're not positive because so little is known about this piece, but um, it's possible that in this one it was meant to signify that it was nighttime, even though the change happens in the middle of this scene, Um, (laughs) that the red was meant to signify either the science or creation or the monster, and then where blue is used Mm -hmm. is meant to, to symbolize nighttime, or alternatively, that these were done just kind of arbitrarily because they were... Just fun to look at, and you know audiences yeah. were just down, down for whatever. Like, hey, look, blue!
1: <laughs> well, look at that. The monster, I, from what I got, is us.
0: Now that we have come out of the Cinerama Dome, uh, Gavin <laughs> has seen Thomas Edison's 1910 Frankenstein. Um, yeah. For a little bit of story about this, it is, it's only about 11 minutes long. If you watch it on YouTube, um, if you were to like use an AI and, and even it out to being, um, in 24 frames a second so that it would be like not super flicky, it would be, um, about 16 minutes because the, the time would change from the 16 to 24 FPS. I'd like to see a version done that way and have some of the, like, um, some of the damage cleaned up also, because there's some amazing, yeah. you can see some amazing film from this era that there's kind of a trend to clean them up using AI. That is really yeah. interesting. Um, so I'd like to see it, uh, flattened out to about its original, uh, length, which would have been one big reel of film. 16 minutes, uh, that, in terms of like 35 millimeter, <laughs> that's not changed. One reel is uh, yeah. between 13 and 20 minutes generally. So 16 minutes would have been appropriate for a uh, a short, but also a lot of stuff that Edison would have been producing at this time would have been like one minute, like really shorty shorts. Like uh, the stuff that we're familiar with from Cinema Class of like The Kiss or just three guys some, like smacking an anvil with uh, hammers you know yeah. um stuff. that stuff was yeah, the real just the real doing pre- some pre- pre- shit hey look at <laughs> look at how accurate this shit looks photography's crazy am i right
1: yeah photography's crazy uh, let's let's watch these guys eat lunch mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but this is obviously in a um, bizarre liminal netherworld where filmmaking is starting to become something else. This is like prior to the yeah. DW Griffith era. Um, but post just looking at trains coming out of train holes. Uh, yeah. it is, it's where they're taking theatrical aspects and, and theatrical tricks and theatrical standards and actors and doing little scenes that don't move in yeah. uh, fake artificial studio sets and there doing was, little tiny dramas.
1: Yeah, there was an incredible amount of prestidigitation. <laughs> yes, which is and common. They were, they were moving and pointing and using their faces and yes. hands to tell the story and because they couldn't speak.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> it's common for this era. There are three or four cards explaining this is what's going on in this scene. Um, yeah. So, to give you a little context, uh, I'm going to read here from uh, usc.edu. I'm going to straight rip it. In 1910, Edison Studios in the U.S. produced the first filmed version of Mary Shelley's 1818 classic gothic novel Frankenstein, the popular story of a scientist creating a hideous, sapient creature through a scientific experiment, adapted to the screen for the first time by director J. Searle Dolly, his yeah. movie Frankenstein was deliberately designed to de-emphasize the horrific aspects of the story and to focus on the story's mystical and psychological elements. Yet the macabre nature of its source material made the film synonymous with the horror film genre. So some all other important factual things before we just think of this as kind of like a, a funny remnant um, of early filmmaking. This is... Technically, probably the first monster movie ever made, um, huh. just straight up. It is not the first horror movie ever made. The first horror movie no. ever made um, is attributed currently to 1896's The House of the Devil by George Millier. Um, which, if you watch it, it's about three minutes and forty seconds, and it's mostly a couple of weird dudes running around in a little like arch molest- yeah. molesting a couple of like guards. It makes no fucking sense. A bat comes out, a devil comes out, a little like devil's henchman comes out and pokes him with a fork. It's just a bunch yeah. of it's just a bunch of flappy bullshit that happens to have ghosts and bats and devils, but it is in no way <laughs> yeah. frightening. Um if if you don't find this movie frightening, House of the Devil is uh nowhere even close. But technically, uh House of the Devil is regarded as the the world's first horror movie and this, Thomas Edison's Frankenstein the first monster movie and it is also obviously then the first film depiction of Frankenstein and the Frankenstein's monster. Um, The guy who plays Frankenstein is a uh, dude named Charles Stanton Ogle. He stars as the monster in the film who is just totally like not named. Um, And he's it's notably it's like i said it's notable not only for the first portrayal of that monster but the first portrayal of any monster in a in a movie along with being yeah. visually executed by the actor himself uh, the skull cap the lugubrious matted wig the root yeah. like wretched finger gloves the the natty burlap yeah the natty burlap rags that are festooned around him as wardrobe Ogle then also engenders his crooked uh, visage with a twisted curl. Of his entire facial structure, which wrangles itself from menacing to befuddled in an an instant, taking on the shifts in mood necessary to navigate the disorienting country roads of a silent silent movie plot, as we have just seen. So (laughs) most of it is uh, Frankenstein, being the the actual guy who um, is playing the scientist, going like, "Okay, I'm going to make this thing. And then... They have. I, I basically. I think there are two good things about it. One, um, that that special effects scene where in this movie um, the creation of the monster is he's just kind of locked him in a big iron room or an iron closet in like a box and thrown a bunch of yeah. thrown a bunch of chemicals and body parts in there, and then they do yeah. they reverse crank the film so that what is clearly like a smoldering uh like corpse like thing is is being burned away while yeah. some some metal string is being used to make it like lift its hand up like it's waving to the the camera um they've done it in reverse so it's building itself together as opposed to falling apart <laughs> yeah
1: the the thing i was going to mention was that um i think it's pretty funny that often frankenstein's monster is uh Portrayed as being brought back to life by electricity. Uh-huh. But in Thomas Edison's version, it's not electricity <laughs> at, all, at all that could do this. Yeah, it's, it's potions.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's essentially like magic and chemistry, which is you, yeah. ironically, the man most associated with electricity in human history did not yeah. did not use it <laughs> as the plot device for um, creating life but go figure and
1: well i would think he would think that like um there's no possible way electricity could create a monster <laughs> yeah
0: i've been <was>, I, <laughs> that's bad publicity. I, I, yeah, i've spent so much time <laughs> zapping corpses trying to get them to do something interesting i promise you they do not they mostly yeah. they 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 flap around and they stink um, they, do, <laughs> they do not turn into um, ironic allegories for human ambition. Um, they <laughs> yeah. they, they just flap and kick, and sometimes they get yeah, a they weird just, erection. S- s- yeah. They just, <laughs> they just
1: smoke and stink and create a lot of uh, problems for them. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, Edison himself did not make this movie. I mean, by – Yeah, by, yeah um, he produced. He it. produced, which – Um, But also keep in mind that if you if you get an Oscar for a movie, the director does not get the Oscar. The producer gets the Oscar, by the way. The producer is still um, considered the highest author of a film, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, Even in 2022. Um, Yeah. So uh, Edison is is in charge of, I, I'm almost, the thing is one of the great and terrible things about this topic is there's so fucking little to know that is known about it. Like, we know who the stars were, we know when and where it was made, but there are no, like nobody is tweeting out how like their costuming is going poorly during the the early stages of pre-production for Frankenstein 1910, right? There's no, there's yeah. no documentation. These were consumer products that were meant to be thrown into kinetoscopes, scare the shit out of some people, get their popcorn money, get them back out the door. They were um, totally disposable. Um, You know, back in this era, we lost between 75 and 95 percent of all films, Um, not the least of which because they were on um, silver, silver gelatin, which was (laughs) flammable as fuck uh, and very stealable because it was made of silver. You could you could boil them down to get the movie off of it and have like a, you know, have a few pounds of silver left over. We're lucky that we have this. Odd artifact from early, pretty damn early cinema. I mean, 1910 is a very odd, awkward netherworld for just like history in general. I mean, I don't know how much history you read, but I basically never fucking hear anything about 1910. I mean, you get into you get a couple of years later than you got World War One but uh, but the the netherworld between 1905 and 1912 is just like well some stuff was happening everybody was really hard at work nose to the grindstone making america go yeah. uh, it's just not, yeah. not an era that <laughs> that people are talking about we haven't even hit prohibition yet Like racism wasn't even that interesting in 1910. The the KKK didn't start to reform as a serious thing until D.W. Griffith did Birth of a Nation um, like many years later. So like what the hell is even going on? It's just uh, we got to get on. We got to get on to the next thing. Nineteen ten is
1: whenever like the death of cowboys is is, mm-hmm. ta- is like t- kind of taking form. Like um, a lot of setting for nineteen ten is west. Yes, because there's nothing going on in the east.
0: Yeah, ba- basically that that tech the technological era between the Civil War and the modern world is happening. Yeah. from essentially eighteen ninety six to about. When world war right before World War One hits um, is then then launches us into quote unquote the modern world And one of those yeah. main technological things is the f- photograph and the moving version of the photograph. Um, yeah. so some other some other stuff about this it was directed by a guy named J. Searle Dolly who uh, considered himself at least the first motion picture director. Uh, He was born in 1877 in Colorado. He was educated in Denver and uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, He did a bunch of random work in theater as a thespian and a stage manager and then got involved in vaudeville, vaudeville because vaudeville was the natural on deck circle for um, this like micro industry of making a theater like films. And and if you found a place that was doing it, which was like nowhere because Edison basically invented (laughs) it and also sued the living bejesus about from anybody else that tried to do it that didn't rent his equipment. at at an extreme nosebleed price... Um, yeah. Then he would sue your ever living balls off, uh, which is one of the reasons Hollywood was created. Is Hollywood was created to a great extent because people literally would just drive far enough away from Thomas Edison so that it would be hard for him to <laughs> sue them. Um, that's that's not. Uh, it's not just a joke. Um, Hollywood was created to a great extent because they're like, if we go all the way to the West Coast and mean yeah. mean little wizard man will not be able to sue me at his convenience. Um, His lawyers are very far away. Uh, And uh, so this, but the the director, J. Searle Dolly, um, was hired in 1907 by the Edison Company specifically to direct The Nine Lives of a Cat um, and was arguably the first professional movie director based on his claim that... uh, until he was hired, quote, the cameraman was in full charge, unquote, meaning that uh, Dolly specifically oversaw acting and dramatic continuity rather than just supervising the, the the scenes going A, B, C, D, and the way that they were shot in sequence so that they didn't look like total trash. So that basically he, he was the first person hired to specifically do that job, um, that there already was somebody in charge of the cameraman, but he was now given a job of making sure that the acting looked like acting and that it, yeah. it, it kind of flowed in a way that wasn't total trash. The second thing from my, my lost point earlier was in addition to the, the weird special effect of the monster being created in the little creation vault, um, <laughs> yeah. I think that Stanton Ogle's visual encapsulation of the monster is pretty cool. (laughs) Like it's, yeah, it is like, it does the most important job of a silent movie is when you look at it, you go like, Hey, look at that. (laughs) Like, like that, that, like if you don't go, wow, look at that thing. Uh, A silent movie has failed, right? It it, is. It basically, a silent movie has just about one job, which is to find some, some piece of narrative, and hang a very potent visual on it, whether it's like a, a flapper with a weird haircut doing a new dance or um, a guy swinging an axe or or a, a man in a weird, scary Frankenstein's monster costume. I mean, he <laughs> do, he really is, um, you know, I don't know what they were doing in monstrous theater in 1910, but in terms of cinematic depictions, <laughs> like he really gets some stuff across with this Like gnarled costuming and these weird bony, sinewy, long scissor hands, fingers, and um, his twisted up face, because he's a fairly average looking guy out of context, and this matted straw junk of like I don't know, like Bonnaroo hair that's just like flying off into the distance.
1: So the the listeners will have no idea what I'm talking about but you might get a kick out of this. This guy is making faces just like Nancy used to make.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it was who is um of a, a family friend yeah. who uh, a friend could look just like Like this. a friend of our mothers who was very good at at pulling kind of um not let's see which Harpo Marx faces, I guess yeah. is the way to, to like really, <laughs> to really like t- t- uh, twist things up in, in, a comedic way. Um, and yeah. yeah. Uh, and which is necessary for silent film is to be like, ah, look at this, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's that, that Ooh. stuff. When you see, when you watch, um, <laughs> old Marx brothers, uh, movies, and they're 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 hitting all their li- they're like punchlining all of their lines and un- underlining them with this like gag face toward camera i mean that yeah. is pure vaudeville. It's like, hey, you, hey, you, (laughs) literal lean. Hey, you drunk assholes. This is the joke. (laughs) Like, because that's also another environment that in a way is more like our environment today. Instead of like a smoke filled room full of gin swilling jerks, you, you, there are other, we have a different set of distractions when we're watching screens, you know, that this is not like, this is not something that was, I mean, in a way, (laughs) Um, the kinetoscope of how this movie would have been viewed, it, it would have been viewed in the most intimate way because the kinetoscope did not play movies to a room. It played movies to a visor, and you would like sit yeah. uh, in a chair and lean over this box, and it was a it was yeah. a one person viewing which is one of the reasons that the, the Kinetoscope did not carry on as the um, yeah. as the exhibition technology of choice, because... Yeah, it was not efficient. If you, yeah, if you figured out that you got a really fucking bright bulb and a small room, you could show it to 30 people or 50 people or 100 people, and you're like, now we're talking money, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dear McBoyle, let's make some money off these uh, Mountain Dew-sucking assholes. What's, mount- <laughs> what's Mountain Dew? I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> What's that? Um we'll charge him two seventy-nine for one. Two seventy-nine? That's what my house cost. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Hi there. My name is Douglas Rasmusberger and I'm a CEO and founder of Douglas's Culluses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack, and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy short-handled half guarded naval sword. That's what. Here at Douglas and cutlass, we've got every possible color for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a color for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a cutlass for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a cutlass for that. Some people say to me, But Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle-quality 27-inch half-guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas' Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron-forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffensperger of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash and make a payment there. And that's Oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me/slash Oops All Monsters.
0: So this film was shot not in the original. Uh, Black Mariah Studio in West Orange, New Jersey that um, is most often noted as Edison Studios. Edison Studios had three locations, actually, over the years for different reasons. There was the Black Mariah from 1893 to 1901. There was Edison's Manhattan Studio in New York City. It was a rooftop glass-enclosed studio that was 1901 to 1906. And then... Um immediately following that, they moved into this studio, which was in the Bronx in Bedford Park, New York, that opened in 1907 until 1918. So this was the third and final uh, era of Edison Studios um, making movies. Um, and if anybody is a New York head, this was located at—I don't know—my New York Decatur Avenue and Oliver Place, a block away from Fordham University, just south of Jerome Park. If you're trying to do your New York ge- geocaching, that is where the bra- the I, Black Mariah used I to be. I kind of know where Jerome Park is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, if we get in, we, most of our listeners are U S based. And so the likelihood that none of them are very familiar with New York seems very low. So, uh, yeah. if you're, if you're into it, that's where it was. Decatur Avenue and Oliver place. And, um, they used to crank out a fuck ton of movies. I know
1: why I know where Jerome Park is because I wanted to know, where Julio was down by the schoolyard. <laughs> oh, from that Paul Simon song. Oh, and it's Jerome Park. Oh,
0: yeah. that's where this is. So, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't I would not have uh I would not have made that connection actually.
1: Yeah, me and Julio down by the schoolyard is Jerome Park. Oh,
0: yeah, I guess that wasn't that's another case that I just didn't occur to me that that was like a real thing. Yeah. Um, but sure. <laughs> why not? He's a New Yorky kind of guy. Um, yeah. Oh, so Edison's movie production activities ran from 1893 to 1918 during which Edison studios made approximately Twelve hundred movies, one two zero zero movies, fifty four feature length, and the rest shorts. And again, shorts would be ranging from like a minute or less all the way up to about fifteen to twenty minutes, because that's how long one reel is. So um, I'm yeah. sure a lot of times they'd be just like, just do it till the film runs out. I have absolutely no doubt <laughs> yeah. uh, that that was the style of doing it in a lot of occasions, particularly when you make twelve hundred of these fuckers. Um, most of which that are lost to history. Edison, Thomas Edison was, was a fucking jerk.
3: Who else has electricity streaming from his eyeballs and from his fingers? I'm the high voltage messiah.
0: Yeah, an electric yeah, jerk. He, he was a real he was a real electric jerk.
3: The electric Christ. The ACDC God.
0: They're ten, they're, you know, there's kind of a um a memeable version of how Edison was just like a total piece of trash. Um, yeah. it, you know, you can go that way and say that like Edison was the worst. and Tesla was great. Tesla was the hipster, oh, hipster, yeah, electri- yeah. electric, God that we all deserved. And cannot just see the wall plug in my forehead here, here,
1: I'd, I would say you don't need the Tesla comparison to to make the case that Edison was an asshole.
0: Uh, he, no, he was specifically yeah. an asshole to Tesla on a number of occasions. Yeah, that's he, true. He, but
1: I mean, come on. Tesla
0: worked for Thomas Edison, <laughs> and he was kind of did him dirty a couple of times in ways that are not worth getting into. Um, yeah. And the and also the AC the AC DC like battle was not really Edison versus Tesla because Tesla did not invent AC. He was just someone that yeah. was direct, very directly and intimately involved in um, advocating for it and advancing it. So the binary of like AC technology versus DC, DC technology is not so much of a thing except in um, Edison's mind. Yeah. It
3: takes everything I eat and drink and turns it into watts and kilowatts.
0: Which did culminate in the instance where he killed that elephant by running a shitload of AC yeah. AC current through it um, in yeah. front of... Uh, so if you don't know anything about that, this was a, a thing that he did in public and filmed. Um, it was a, crow- yeah. a crowd of 1,500 witnessed Topsy the Elephant's execution, which was filmed by Edison yeah. and released later that year as Electrocuting an Elephant. This was all to prove that the superiority of DC current over AC, which presumably would not kill an elephant, um, which is, you know, may or may not uh, be true. So, but we're still in this era now where you, you, we've gotten all the way to 2022 and you still need both. Essentially because AC current is good for being moved but DC current is better for making your shit charge. So the AC moves things through the lines, but what do you actually need to get your phone or your computer charged? It has to kick over to DC in order to function. Um, Given that this movie has essentially no soundtrack, I'm going to have to find some, going to be using some like thunderstruck drops and really random (laughs) things to, uh, to, 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 spice up the sound of this episode. Um, So theme, I mean, I'm taking Frankenstein for granted, but um, this movie kind of, it doesn't distill Frankenstein, the story into a tiny, logical, consuming nugget. It kind of, it kind of, scrapes away a lot of the roughest stuff like all of the various yeah. murders um yeah. that like Frank, there's no that the monster commits
1: murders yeah uh, there's no villagers
0: yeah like the 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 monster um sometimes called the creature sometimes called adam in the book does yeah. kill a bunch of people because he is Basically treated miserably by everybody that he encounters, and the awfulness yeah. of humanity is kind of b- brewed up inside of him. So he becomes a vengeful, hateful, killing machine in a, a literal way. Um, yeah. And the you know Mary Shelley's incredibly profound novel. Deals with layers of romanticism versus science. Um, romanticism being the era of um, literature that they were in at the time, which had an an anti-science. Um, I mean, they were in the middle of the Enlightenment. This is really all of what Frankenstein is about, and the the hottest technology on the block, electricity, was all anybody could talk about. They didn't know what the fuck to do with it, <laughs> but man, was it cool and scary. And so, in relationship to the the clean and patriarchal relationship that people had working with science, the romantics like Byron and Shelley and her. Weird wine drinking friends would all hole up in a castle and write uh, poetry about the rain and the sky and the earth and ejaculation and whatnot.
1: Yeah, like, uh, and a lot of fucking. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, and essentially that's what romanticism. Well, yes, yeah, so essentially what romanticism is. It's the it's a kind of. Everything but technology, the natural world is not, you know, it, they, they also were atheists. So they're in this weird yeah. um, spot of um, embracing the godless but overwhelming uh, joy of nature itself. place i mean it's a very like flowy pirate shirt um standing on the deck of the titanic broad (laughs) oil landscape would, it's definitely easier to do if you're a rich-ass Victorian who could live in a castle for the length of the long winter without um, worrying about starving to death because the peasants are not yeah. uh, are not um, uh, hewing the grain or whatever. Uh, it's way easier if you do not have to worry about starving to death, as is a lot of um, human art. But um, yeah. so romanticism in the co- is the context in which um, Mary Shelley, who re- writes Frankenstein, at the age eighteen. By the way, I should also <laughs> yeah. be brought up. Um, life is just not fair. As Frank, as, uh, as uh, not, it wasn't Hank Green. It was um, John Green, the the Turtles All the Way Down guy, when he was talking about this on Crash Course. Now, pendejo. The the circumstances, if you're not familiar with it, is Shelley was um, bound bound up at a at a party that turned into a writing competition. Between her uh, husband, Lord Byron, or no, I'm sorry, I want to call. I keep calling her husband Lord Byron. Her, her husband was obviously Percy Shelley. Lord Byron was yeah. there. He was um, mad, bad, and dangerous to know, which was basically he probably had a <laughs> yeah. had a mood disorder, drank a lot of wine, and tried to fuck everybody. Um, if yeah. you are interested in this time period and those ingredients, I highly recommend a really ridiculous-ass fucking movie called Gothic... From 1986. Have you ever seen <laughs> this, Gavin? Have you ever seen Gothic? I saw it a while ago, yeah. Yeah, it's a movie that in your in your mind is always something I saw a while ago. It stars Gabriel yeah. Byrne as Byron, Julian Sands as Shelley, because this was made in yes. the, the four years where Julian Sands had work, uh, <laughs> Natasha Richardson as Mary, <laughs> um, it's got <laughs> Timothy Spall as Dr. Palladori who does like absolutely evil shit with like snakes and slugs and oh my God. But the whole thing is it's basically as grotesque as it could possibly be. It's directed very aggressively. Everybody's just running around in these like Tottish Victorian costumes, (laughs) tormenting each other and drinking and fornicating and just being, being Victorianly awful. Mm. Um,
1: yeah. Pretty Byronic.
0: Yeah, it was Byronic as fuck. But it is a byronic very as fuck. It is it is entertaining as shit. But um yeah, just you know, maybe get that third of a kilonopen and um, cab Sav <laughs> ready to calm your ass down because it is it is it comes in hot with the with the Byronic intensity this movie, Gothic. But um yeah. the the I I always – when I teach my children about Frankenstein, I also mention that this happened in the year without a summer, which was a a bizarre – Incident in uh, eighteen eighteen or eighteen, going to eighteen nineteen, I believe is the exact years, but don't don't write me. Where a, a lot of the world just didn't have a summer, didn't have a warm part of the year, and so people died, crops didn't happen. <laughs> um, if you were not rich as fuck and drinking wine in a castle, life was really miserable in a lot of Europe and various other places. It was not just a European phenomenon, but um, you know, the Europeans were some of the only people that had their resources to sit down and spend a month just talking about it. Uh, But this writing party, this novel competition, resulted in both Frankenstein and also a a book by Dr. Polidori, which was the um, main... One of the main sources that then later was turned by Bram Stoker into Dracula. So essentially this this one weird night, this one weird trick for um, yeah. creating all of monster <laughs> culture in the Western world uh, <laughs> happened in 1818. Go figure. Um, and by a lady, no less. Yeah. Are you saying you're God too? In terms of... Whether Edison's Frankenstein succeeds on any level other than the very basic buy in level of, man, that looked kind of cool, which I think it actually does. Uh, I mean, it fails on all modern storytelling standards um, as most <laughs> silent films at this time would have, because you just got yeah. some random dude walking in, talking to some other random dude, a title card comes up and they're like, Oh no. And then he faints and he gets up and he faints again and he walks out. Um, you know, there's very little you can do there, but the monster looks scary as fuck. The creation of the monster is very evocative, at least for the time. And, um, it, it it does manage to keep one of the most important thematic nuggets of frankenstein which is oh no the thing that i have wrought due to my own failure of character will destroy me and is inherently flawed um that my <laughs> my ambition as the kind of person who would even have the idea to do this is not great and therefore it is a it is inherently an evil creation. And that is a topic inside that weaves itself through Frankenstein, um the book th- that may there is it, perhaps regardless of how people treated the monster it was going to be awful no matter what, because of the circumstances of its creation, um, that standing in for God is just not something we should be doing. Right. And, uh, but (laughs) it's also complicated because we do not know Mary Shelley's exact perspectives. She's, she's dragging in, Anti-technology ideas. She's dragging in her own baggage from having a child that was um, that died during child boor- childbirth. It might have been during or stillborn. I forget, but she had a, she had a child that just didn't make it right from go, and so her relationship to the idea of bringing something into the world and it not turning out well is based off of some real tangible experience. So yeah. a, 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 a kind of messy creation that is, um, that is inherently flawed is an idea that would have been itching around in her mind on some level. But because we don't have writings about, she was like, I meant it to be about the free market and how, Governments should get out of our private lives, or whatever the fuck. Like she didn't, <laughs> yeah. she didn't tell us exactly what Frankenstein was about. But um, in that way, it can also manage to be a an allegory with a universal adapter um, to symbolize every possible post human creation that we come up with. Whether it's RoboCop or Blade Runner or whatever the hell, it is the um, it is the ultimate science fiction and is so crucial for us to understand computing, artificial intelligence. I think that it is, um, wh- whether you enjoy actually the fairly short book of Frankenstein, if you've not read it, do read it. It's really easy to yeah. read. You can read it in an afternoon. Yeah. Um, if you, if you're not a dead ass slow reader and it's fine if you are, but it is a very easy read. Um, the, yeah, thing, I, the things, the things that you, the things that y- you think are in it are not in it. And the things that you don't think are in <laughs> it are like, you know, the, the 1931 Boris Karloff version of the, it's alive and the electricity, none of that shit's in it. That's all, yeah, that's none of that all is a it. creation yeah. Of the um, the the cinematic skills of those um, Hollywood wizards, like there's no Igor. There's not even an Igor in that movie. His name's Fritz in that fucking movie. Igor is a is a convention. <laughs> the name Igor with a hunchback is a convention of other pop culture. Um, and she she gives all of one paragraph. To the actual creation business of creating the monster, so fixating on you know the the table with the metal straps and the lightning and the storm and all that shit, it is a complete fabrication of us imbuing um, needing to come up with visuals f- to to bring nature or God down from the heaven to do this this incredibly profound business <laughs> that she gives about four sentences to. So, um, I don't know. You have any other thoughts or, uh, observations or, um, musings related to this? Uh, the monster is us. Is what <laughs> I got.
1: Yeah. So the Monster disappears into the mirror.
0: Yeah. Franken- Frankenstein, Frankenstein is, I mean, we're really not, we're not really hunting these themes down folks. The, 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 yeah. the monster in this case is a very si- lazily silent movie defeated by, um, just kind of giving up after seeing how awful his own visage is. He's like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> man," which is um seems to be just a symptom of silent movie making at, at all because there's only so much you can do on screen. You only got so much time and money. he's like, okay, just have the bad guy just like lay down and take a nap, <laughs> just, uh, yeah. um, as a, as opposed to be um being murdered by the villagers or throwing himself into a gorge or something. So that that's kind of lazy, but. Uh, You know, Frankenstein really is, as one of the first genre pieces of fiction, about how we are the monster. So uh, as cliche of a uh, a drum to bang, it is relevant.
1: Jumping from 1818 all the way to 1910, when this was made, Mm -hmm. to now spanning 200 years. Mm -hmm. um, Even with this as the in-between, us as the monster being the theme is, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this.
0: I, it, still relevant. It's not. It's not go. It's not going anywhere. It was. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. It's, it was accurate to Mary Shelley. Yeah. It was still accurate to, um, Dolly and, the, Dolly. and the folks at the Edison Company, and it is still yeah. relevant in 2022. Um, you know, watching what is the example I watch from Want from HBO Westworld. You know what I mean. It is Westworld. Yeah. These
2: violent delights have violent ends.
0: That we're still um, hammering the same <laughs> dents out of this um, metal alloy idea of false people just being the worst of our attributes.
3: Books are the real treasures of the world.
0: So, have you watched um, the? I think it was on HBO. Penny Dreadful, the series. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I loved it. Well, you, I, in my opinion, I, I think the best in Penny Dreadful um, was the guy that plays the creature, Rory Kinnear. Are you familiar with this guy? Um, Mm, Who who plays uh, kind of like the sad, gothic poet creature in in Penny Dreadful.
1: Now I gotta remember Penny Dreadful.
2: Of another being looking into these eyes upon this face and recoiling not But how could that happen? For the monster is not in my face, but in my soul. I once thought that if I was like other men, I would be happy and loved. The malignance has grown, you see, from the outside in. And this shattered visage merely reflects the abomination that is my heart. Oh my creator, why... Why did you not make me of steel and stone? Why did you allow me to feel? I would rather be the corpse I was than the man I am. Go ahead, pull the trigger.
0: It would be a blessing. He's got kind of like a a goth band, um, uh, dark Frankenstein vibe, which yeah. which goes into the fact that he really does embody the tortured romantic aspects of those themes. Um, yeah. And he doesn't look like himself at all. He looks like a totally different guy, but he's famous for being the prime minister in the first episode of Black Mirror who has to fuck that pig on camera. Um, he's yeah. really good yeah. right now in uh, Taika Waititi's Our Flag Means Death as I- identical twin oh, yeah, Royal, yeah. Royal Navy Jagoffs. I, I
1: saw the first episode of that. That is hilarious. Oh,
0: keep watching it. It is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> uh, I won't spoil anything, but he's in it a lot, and he's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I really like that he can straddle both extreme intense comedy and very, very heavy dark shit. Like he is an extremely um, uh, dexterous performer that is um, probably not coincidental (laughs) that he's coming out of English theater acting, but he's fucking phenomenal. And, And watching that, I would have liked the show had it not had him, but he was incredible as the creature and embodying the like total... Um, torturous misery of just being a guy who's just like, Furiously, vengefully pissed off at his creator, yeah. Frankenstein, and appropriately yeah. so, because like in the books, like Frankenstein makes the monster and then just like fucks off. He's like, ah, oh, nah, I yeah. was just, I was just J.K. J.K. Nah, no, no yeah. thanks. <laughs> and the you know the monster survives by you know living in squalor and <laughs> <Yeah>. reading terrifying <laughs> romantic <laughs> novels.
1: It's awful to be alive. How could you make me LOL fuck off?
0: Yeah, seriously. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to come back and murder you because you are the worst kind of person. You you came up with a massive ambition to create something. And then the moment that it was created, you just totally fucked off because you're, because you were not ready for the responsibility. Um, Sorry, that's not how creating things works. You know, uh, the bumper sticker version <laughs> is like the bumper sticker version of, of is, of course, like, don't breed him if you can't feed him. <laughs> like, but with yeah. <laughs> but, you know, with a with a, a monster assembled from corpses dug out of graveyards for uh, for, uh, yeah. for months. Um, so, yeah, shout out to um, maybe my favorite version of the monster, save for, of course, Boris Karloff. Rory Kinnear kicks fucking ass, and do watch Penny Dreadful. It is... Um, yeah. Simultaneously, both over the top but incredibly captivating. I, it's it's yeah. it's it, on one level very much like a graphic novel, but on so many other levels, incredibly competent. It's a, yeah, very, it's it's a good. very unique mixture of those ingredients. Um, I'm going to have to do a penny dreadful topic sometime, even though they're all like classic movie monsters. I think there would be. I yeah. think there. I'd find a way. It's worth it. I'd find a way to do. You know, and here's how I'm hoping that we do the. Um, our big kind of mount rushmore size topics is to do them in these little slices you know what i mean we're not going to yeah. we're not going to oh, come yeah. into the show and do you know um the werewolf you know what i mean we're no. we're going to do we're going to pick werewolfism no. and grab no, grab
1: the werewolf grab yeah.
0: one That's ridiculous. grab one toe of it <laughs> and uh, and look at it from that angle
1: yeah, I've already got like a set concept of what this show is, and like doing the werewolf is absolutely out of the question. Yeah,
0: but if that means we <laughs> end up like, doing, no, not if all, that means no. up, we end up doing five episodes about different individual Frankenstein's, yeah. then so be it. Yeah, because well, we're gonna do it, that,
1: which is weird about today. Because I we did not plan what was going to happen. Yeah,
0: so stay tuned for the next episode, yeah.
1: folks, because I don't next know episode, what it is, definitely. but
0: it has been, to some yeah, extent, he doesn't know what it is our anymore. first daily double where we've du- yeah. we've got a double, hashtag double Frankenstein, everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, all righty then. Okay, so let's get out of the motherfucking show. Oh, is it? Is it?
3: Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it and is it Van Art?
0: Is, is it Bitchin' Van Art? It no. Bitchin' Van Art? No. It's it's no. kind of creepy, but it's not yeah. creepy Van Art is not the question. It predates Bitchin'. It, does. it
1: predates the concept of
0: Bitchin'. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically nothing was Bitchin' back in 1910. I'm trying to imagine yeah. I'm trying to imagine what the equivalent of Bitchin' was, but um no, I I can't think of it. Like a Man, that was a Bitching trip to Coney Island. That, that was outright. <laughs> that yeah, was,
1: it was after Cowboys too, so yes. it was, nothing was like bodacious or anything. Yeah,
0: I, what is the word that they would have used in 1910? That was, it was absolutely gangbusters. <laughs> that were, was, se- no, that's 40s. Oh, damn it! <laughs> damn it! <Yeah. laughs> I don't, even, 40s, I don't even don't yeah. even have Middle Atlantic. Yeah, nineteen ten is a weird thing. Yeah, because you it's, don't even have twenties slang. You can't even call it. You yeah. can't even call it the bee's knees. Like yeah. it's not even there. It's not that you can't that you can't say the cat's pajamas. You're still like twelve years ahead. I don't know what the fuck they yeah. were saying in nineteen ten.
1: Yeah, nineteen ten is also before like, it, my favorite <laughs> year for firearms. Nineteen
0: eleven.
1: <laughs> well, nineteen thirteen when you have. The nineteen eleven, the Thompson, the Maxim Machine Gun, and all that stuff has oh, just been god. invented. Oh my and god. It's, yeah.
0: Oh my god, I want an OG I want an OG Thompson gun with a with a drum barrel. Uh yeah. did I ever tell you about my dad's story about being at the police station and fucking around with the Thompson gun? No. My dad used to tell this story. They had they had confiscated a goddamn Tommy gun from somebody. Like it's uh, like <laughs> a month earlier or something. And this is old Morgantown PD back where, um, when it used to, you know, where the the public safety building or it's not where the public safety building is now is in just like right down from the library. So it was still a little tiny department. And, um, One of the guys, I forget who it was. I even if I remembered, I shouldn't name names because this is probably too funny of a story. But um, like my dad and these two other you know seventies mustache cops were standing around, and the one guy probably had a couple of drinks in him, and, was, and the other dude was sitting at the table in um, it was an office. For some reason, it had confiscate, confiscated stuff in it. This is probably not yeah. a, a a department with its own you know. D- d- locked up room for all of these things at this time. Things are probably kind of like shifting around the office and he had the Thompson gun and they must have confiscated it maybe like that night because it was loaded and he said yeah. if you don't fire that right now you're a chicken shit asshole <laughs> the, the, the third cop said and then this and then this the guy who was holding it just like held it up in the air and went boom and like fought and shot like eight rounds out of the thing whole big chunks of the ceiling came pouring down it, it, it sounded like a, an elephant exploded in the in the the room and apparently the guy stayed up all night like replastering the fucking ceiling before <laughs> yeah. the, the, before the day shift guys came in in the morning never noticed a yeah. damn thing <laughs> hilarious <laughs> oh 70s cops you were the worst and the best mostly the worst uh, but yeah also the best um man i want to i want a tommy gun though the segment on the show where we describe all the fucking goblins I am in need of some goblins in my life. Uh re-scorses. What the so fuck? So
1: this is an this is an internet personality guy named Wang. Yeah,
0: you've mentioned this guy before. Um
1: yeah, I love Wang. Um the the thing that he's describing in this
0: internet short though. I've I've is, heard I've I guess, heard of goblin mode. I saw something about it. Yeah, goblin
1: mode is a thing that's taking off and I'm and I'm f- certain that the the entire world is in step with, with, with what I was thinking a couple of months ago about goblins being real.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so here's the thing about the real, like, hashtag of Goblin Mode yeah. is that it is indicating, it's kind of like, what it's describing, if you have not caught this on the internet yet, is what it's describing is kind of the um, extreme end of the trend that so much of the world got in during the middle of the pandemic of, like, extreme cul- comfort that is also kind of sandwiched with a certain amount of material indulgence. Like, basically yeah. laying in bed and eating Arby's or watching TV, right? That Of, like, yeah. laying around, consuming, comforting things and not specifically being productive. And I do like because I do like that this is this is not the worst direction for this phrase to have been kind of tangented (laughs) uh, toward because it does, to a certain extent, actually grab at an important a proper use of the word like because over and overindulgence is one of the main bedrocks of how kind of fantasy and nerd culture has defined goblinism even more yeah. so than orcs or so, or more so than any other of the like goblinoid family from your nerd gaming world like just like <laughs> I, I wants it is kind of the the goblin thing um like yeah. laying around in bed and doing nothing not so much but
1: yeah not so i much. kind of yeah. <laughs>
0: It I could, kind of enjoy that this is getting a moment in the culture. Um not that yeah. it's going to like get a glow up for the the you know the good <laughs> the pointy-eared green monsters who have daggers in their teeth necessarily. Yeah. But yeah. that it is kind of like I think it's good to define different layers of I'm laying around and indulging and it has a name and it's fine, right? Like I think – I don't think that the way that this is spinning on the internet is going to end up being like a – and don't do that. I don't think it's going – I don't think it's going in that direction. I think that like – I don't think so either. I think that having a period of – and, you know, doing what – What's that fucking guy who killed himself? Who was (laughs) went around the world eating everybody's food? Oh, Kurt Cobain. No, 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 no. The big tall guy with all the TV shows that everybody liked. Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Bourdain used to say about his like emotional states and his depression. And I don't know if he was bipolar or what. But he used to say, "There is a there is a version of me inside of me that wants so much every day." to lay in bed and watch old black and white cartoons and like eat soup or I'm I'm paraphrasing, but I'm getting the gist of it. And that's basically what goblin mode is. It's like the, the id inside of Anthony Bourdain that just wants to watch like old fifties cartoons and eat whatever he feels like and, and not get out into the world and conquer hashtag and hashtag manifest and hashtag hustle. Particularly for, like, millennials and, like, the world, we need less fucking hashtag hustle. We should all just fucking sit down and drink tea. The world has enough productivity. We're the most productive human beings that have ever been on planet Earth in a quantifiable, statistical, like, statistically definable way. We do way too much shit. Like, we all have a job and one and a half, like, side hustles. We should be goblin-moding more often. <laughs> now, should we all be eating, like, 32 cheese sticks in bed before noon? Probably not. There's definitely going to be versions yeah. of this that are, like, absolutely off the chain. But it's not like America wasn't aware that we had, like, a uh, consumption problem or a materialism yeah. problem. But I think yeah, going, like— everybody knows But, that like, having knows. different ideas for— I am just going to kind of sit around and eat oatmeal today. That's fine. We need more of that. We're too productive. We should chill the fuck out. <laughs> Our productivity think is mostly creating NFTs and destroying the world.
1: I think goblin mode should be kind of the opposite, which is like being overproductive in 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 a manner that makes nothing. <laughs> like like the 46 YouTube videos that I made in the past 2 weeks. Like the um all of the uh, internet stuff. Basically, I'm just shitting on what we've been doing.
0: <laughs> I think if you, I think if you take, I think if you take, kind of like, um, hmm, I think if you take the go- actual kind of fantasy goblin concept of running yeah. out into the world and st- <laughs> and and scraping up a bunch of stuff that everybody else is not appreciating and bringing yeah. it back and then kind of like reveling over your hoard in a way that's not it's it's yeah. like less um <laughs> it's like less materialistic and more just like joyful and then yeah. you loop that yeah. if you triangulate that yeah. with the idea of and then spend a day doing nothing and watch YouTube videos and listen to dumb podcasts. I think if you loop those things in, I think you, you have a, a a, a pyramid of goblin mode that I can really get behind.
1: Yeah. So goblin up and listen to oops, all monsters (laughs) take a day Uh, and listen to all of them. They're great. Yeah.
0: Oh, these are good. (laughs) These, (laughs) they're
1: great. They're great. Oh yeah! If only a product said that.
0: <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Uh, <laughs> did we? Is that all the things the show does? Yeah. That's it. I think it's all the things. Yeah. Okay. It's not bitch and Van Art and Wang is it's our. Not I'm going You're gonna have to. S- Wang is our goblin. Our goblin. <laughs> Wang is the goblin. He's. You're the he's, goblin yeah. today, Wang. Sorry. He's not a very goblin. He's a very uh, charming looking guy. He looks like a. He he's looks a charming. He man, looks like yes. a metal drummer.
1: He is a metal guy. Oh, well, there you go then. There
0: you have it. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. And if you'd be
1: so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes or a five-whatever review on whatever platform it's on, uh, that really does help us a lot. Thank you. I've been doing so many YouTube videos on uh, Warrior Playthrough. It's ridiculous. But, like, I'm almost done with it. So check that out if you want.
0: Uh, but, yes, at Gavin Longshanks is on the YouTube, right? At Gavin Longshanks? Yep. Yes.
1: Okay. Gavin Longshanks is the YouTube channel. Okay. Uh,
0: Share an episode on your favorite social media and hit us up on Instagram for the images to go along with each episode.
1: Comment on the Instagram. Uh, Tell us what monsters you think we should cover. Send us your role playing game stories. All of this goes to oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. It's oopsallmonsters at gmail.com.
0: Oh yeah, for those of you who have been um suffering through Douglas's cutlasses for the last nine months, um I'm looking for i yeah. I'm looking for suggestions for and this is very particular Overly intensely named products on Amazon.com. So if you if yeah. you've gotten or seen a product on Amazon.com that was like I don't know, uh, uh, just a, a tape measure that was named like God's Holy Cross or something. Just I mean anything that is way too intensely named. Um, get us at upsellmonsters at gmail.com. I would like to do some hilar- <laughs> hilarious hilarious weird, dumb ads for them. So anything that is too aggressively named that you can link us to, I will uh, take it as a possible suggestion for our um, one of our next fake ads. So, uh, yeah. and if you want to co- call... And if you want to toss a coin into the Potion Fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or, if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found at YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess.
1: And I have been Gavin.
0: And we have been, oops, oops. All, all Nancy r-
1: making that face is
0: Running <laughs> through the Irish countryside, screaming at the sky. F- From Glen to Glen. In a flowing white shirt. And there's a lot of Glen. Pantaloons. Pantaloons. Um, yeah.
1: Stan- <laughs> Stan- yeah. Okay. Okay, right. I'm done. Stop it.